Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church right here in Spencer, Iowa. And we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod coming to you this blessed feast of the Pentecost this Sunday morning, the 23rd of May. And for Pentecost, it can be easy to separate out the Feast of Pentecost from the Feast of Easter and even the Feast of the Ascension, but really... It's all one long Easter season. This is really the eighth Sunday of Easter, which is really quite poetic. When you think of Holy Week, back when we celebrated Holy Week, well, Holy Week didn't have seven days. It had eight days, the day of the new creation when Christ rose again in glory. Well, Easter doesn't have seven weeks, but eight weeks, and the eighth Sunday being the new creation of the church. As the new life of faith comes to the disciples from the Holy Spirit, because even though the Holy Spirit is poured out on the disciples on this feast of the Pentecost, his work is not done. The Holy Spirit continues to create, to continue to add to the church, to continue to to add to Christ's body to his bride through word and sacrament. And we see the Holy Spirit do just that on the day of Pentecost. He comes like a mighty rushing sound onto the apostles in these cloven tongues of fire. Then as St. Peter preaches to thousands that gather around them, we see the Holy Spirit bring thousands into the church that day from the word, from law and gospel and the sacrament of baptism. So today we celebrate the birth, the new creation of the church as Christ sends the Holy Spirit as he promised to do when he ascends to the right hand of the Father. And so in our second reading today, we will hear of the day of Pentecost from Acts 2. And in the gospel, we will hear Christ again promise to send the Holy Spirit from John chapter 14. Our matin service now begins with the hymn, O Holy Spirit, enter in.
open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia! Alleluia! The King ascendeth into heaven. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Ever shall be world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The King ascendeth into heaven. O come, let us worship him. The Spirit of the Lord filleth the world. Alleluia. Let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Alleluia. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. Sing unto God. Sing praises to his name. Rejoice before him. The Lord gave the word. Lo, he doth send out his voice, and that a mighty voice. O God, thou art terrible out of thy holy places. The God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord filleth the world. Alleluia. Let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Alleluia. The Old Testament lesson for the Feast of Pentecost is written in the 11th chapter of Genesis, beginning at the first verse. The whole earth was of one language and of one speech. As the people traveled east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they lived there. They said to one another, Come, let's make bricks and burn them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they used tar for mortar. They said, Come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower 
whose top reaches to the heavens. And let's make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad on the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. The Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing will be withheld from them which they intend to do. Come, let's go down, and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there on the surface of all the earth. They stopped building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. From there the Lord scattered them abroad on the surface of all the earth. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness answer me, and in thy righteousness. And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul, he hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the work of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake. For thy righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. And of thy mercy cut off mine enemies, and destroy all them that afflict my soul, for I am thy servant." Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. The epistle is written in the second chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, beginning at the first verse. Now when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly, there came from the heavens a sound like the rushing of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Tongues like fire appeared and were distributed to them, and one sat on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other languages 
as the Spirit gave them the ability to speak. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under the sky. When this sound was heard, the multitude came together and were bewildered, because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, Aren't all these who speak Galileans? How do we hear everyone in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, We hear them speaking in our languages the mighty works of God. They were all amazed and were perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? Others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and spoke out to them, You men of Judea and all you who dwell at Jerusalem, Let this be known to you, and listen to my words. For these men aren't drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what has been spoken through the prophet Joel. It will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Yes, and on my servants and on my handmaidens in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. It will be that whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, Thou sendest forth Thy Spirit, they are created, and Thou renewest the face of the earth. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the fourteenth chapter. Jesus answered Judas, If a man loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who doesn't love me doesn't keep my words. The word which you hear isn't mine, but the Father's who sent me. I have said these things to you while still living with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be fearful. You heard how I told you, I go away and I come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I said, I am going to my Father, for the Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. I will no more speak much with you, for the Prince of the world comes, and he has nothing in me but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father commanded me, even so I do. Arise, let's go from here. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. And there appeared unto the apostles cloven tongues like as of fire. Alleluia. And the Holy Ghost sat upon each of them. Alleluia, Alleluia. And they began to speak with other tongues the wonderful works of God. And the Holy Ghost sat upon each of them. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost sat upon each of them.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our text, it begins, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all gathered in one place. The they, who were in one place, were the twelve apostles, Mary, the mother of Jesus, his brothers, and the company of other disciples, numbering a hundred and twenty total. And the one place in which they were gathered was the upper room, the room in which our Lord instituted his supper, the room in which the eleven hid in fear of the Jews after Jesus was crucified. And it was also the room in which our Lord appeared before them not once, but twice when the doors were locked. The upper room was in Jerusalem, where our Lord, right before his ascension, as we heard last week, told the apostles to stay until the promise of God had come to them. And so in the upper room they waited as our Lord commanded. But they waited with fear and trepidation, because their Lord had ascended, and now they were alone. Consider now what it must have been like for those disciples in those ten days between the Ascension and Pentecost today. They had seen our Lord win the great victory on the cross over sin, death, and the devil. They had seen him take on the world and overcome the world. They had seen that, as Luther says, the work of redemption was done and accomplished. Christ acquired and gained the treasure by his suffering, death, and resurrection. They had touched the marks on his hands and his side. They saw him eat fish among them after he was resurrected, showing he wasn't a ghost, but was bodily resurrected in full glory. They saw our Lord with that victory and every gift, every spoil of that victory that he had earned on the cross, ascend in triumph up into heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father. They saw him, fully man and fully God, receive full dominion and rule, take rule over all of heaven and earth according to his flesh. So for the apostles, for those 120 disciples, Christ was now in heaven with all dominion and authority and all the spoils of his victory. But remember, the disciples were left on earth in the upper room. So again, consider, with all that in mind, consider in those 10 days what it was like after the ascension. What connection did those disciples have to Christ and his victory after they saw him ascend? How were they to unite to Christ's death? How were they to unite to his resurrection? How were they to receive the forgiveness of sins won for them on the cross? How were they to put on Christ and receive the eternal life he won for them? Or be made holy in this victory of Christ when he's in heaven and there on earth? And for those 10 days, it probably felt as if there was no connection. For Christ is in heaven above. They sit on earth below. Christ no longer walked among them as he had before. They can no longer now touch the marks of his hands or put their hand in his side. 
these 10 days then give us a glimpse of what life in this world would be like if there was never any Pentecost, if the Holy Spirit had never come down in a rushing breath, in cloven, divided tongues of fire, if he was never poured out among Christ's disciples. As our large catechism reminds us, yes, Christ indeed accomplished the work of redemption and acquired and gained the treasure for us in the flesh. But my dear Christian friends, without Pentecost, without the Spirit, that work of redemption would remain concealed from us so that no one would know about it. Yes, Christ won the victory, but without Pentecost, it would mean nothing to you and me, and we'd know nothing of it. It would rather stay buried, where no one would receive or enjoy it. It would be as if we never heard the word preached, knew nothing of baptism, and never thought of bread and wine as anything but a nice little meal at home, perhaps. That's what life would be like without Pentecost, without the Spirit. So in the upper room for those ten days, there was nothing but fear and sorrow. Sorrow because their Lord had ascended and was gone, and fear because how were they now to receive the forgiveness of sins? How were they to be made holy? For they could not build a tower to the heavens. You know, that was kind of tried and it failed. They could not make a name for themselves to make themselves holy. The world has been trying that ever since Babel. And again, it has always failed. So they sat in that upper room alone, fearful, full of sorrow. In that upper room for those ten days, we see, like we said before, what life would be like for us had we never received the Spirit in baptism, never heard the word preached, never received absolution or the sacrament of the altar. Life like that, well, if life would have been like that, we would have been left helpless, alone dealing with our sin. Then there would be no church, no hope, no communion of the saints. We'd simply be in a world full of confusing languages and teachings, none of which would lead us any higher or holier than the Tower of Babel led mankind. Which, if you remember how high the Tower of Babel got, God himself had to come down, had to bend down to see it or else he wouldn't see it at all. And such is life without the Word. Life without the Word of God is life without the Spirit. And this is the life lived by those who reject the Word, like those Jews in our readings today who accuse the disciples of being drunk on wine at nine in the morning. Such is the life lived by those who have never heard the Word of God in the Gospel like the Jews this morning who were perplexed when they heard of the mighty works of God being preached in their own native tongues. Before they heard from the apostles on that day, they were without the word of the gospel and without the Spirit, instead living only by the letter of the law, which kills, which they had never before heard had been fulfilled in Christ.
And really, such a life without the Word and Spirit is no life at all. It's death. For what is the spirit of men or the evil spirits that roam the earth? But spirits of death. And without the Holy Spirit, those are the only spirits we have left to us. For consider it. What are we to learn about Christ from the spirit of men or evil spirits or from ourselves? How can we believe on him whom we've never heard of? How can we have him as Lord if we've never heard of him, if we've never been given the word or the spirit? Again, we can never build a tower of works up to him who is life. And so then we, if left on our own, if the Lord should be buried to us when we're never given the spirit or the word, if left on our own, then we would be dead. Yet the disciples in that upper room, as full of fear and sorrow as they may have been, they did not live those ten days without hope. For our Lord had promised them, as he says in our gospel this morning, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. You see, our Lord had no intention of keeping his victory and the spoils of it concealed or buried or lost in time or lost to the ascension. Instead, his disciples waited for the promise of the Holy Spirit, a promise we've been hearing now for weeks in our gospel lessons throughout Easter. And in Acts, our Lord is shown to be good on his promises, where it is said in chapter 2, Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In their fear and sorrow, feeling disconnected from our Lord, here Christ pours out the Holy Spirit upon them. And in pouring out the Spirit upon them, he pours out on them his redemption the forgiveness of sins, eternal life, and all the spoils of his victory on the cross. In that instant, on Pentecost, they were transformed from fear and sorrow to being full of joy and preaching boldly in every tongue. Do you see what happened on Pentecost? The old passed away. The new creation of the church was born in the Spirit. And from there being given Christ's redemption, from having his forgiveness poured out upon them, the disciples are, cre are created into the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. The one holy, truly Catholic and apostolic church. See then how the Spirit works through this New Testament church. 
He works through the one language of the scriptures, preaching it in every language from every corner of the earth, so that in every language the mighty works of God are preached and the Spirit is given. In Babel, God scattered the peoples of the earth who tried to find righteousness by making a name for themselves. But here, today, on Pentecost, God reverses Babel by having the Word of God preach the name of Christ alone and gathering humanity, mankind, from all the corners of the earth to himself. In Babel, God scattered the people. On Pentecost, he gathers the scattered around the cross of Christ. And see how the Jews react to hearing the mighty works of God in Christ crucified. It says that they were, um, that they were filled with amazement and they were perplexed. Not just that these Galileans were preaching in all these different tongues. They were also amazed and perplexed at what was being preached. And through the preaching of a simple Galilean, the Holy Spirit directs Peter's tongue to proclaim the law and the gospel to the Jews that were there that day. That is to say, the Holy Spirit in the word, through the word, brought the people to Christ. The Holy Spirit in the Word led 3,000 in that Jewish crowd into baptism so that they entered the church as they too had the Spirit poured out on them in the waters, being given all that Christ won for them. The Holy Spirit in the Word led them to partake in the breaking of the bread, where in the supper they were now the communion of saints, not just Jews from every corner of the earth. They were now the communion of saints. Christ's work of redemption was no longer closed off to them or mankind. Instead, the Holy Spirit, as we often say, called, gathered, enlightened, and sanctified the whole Christian church on earth and kept her with Jesus Christ in the one true faith, the Spirit. He gave them Christ. This is what happened when they heard the preaching of the word, when they were baptized, when they partook of the supper. They were forgiven, justified, and they were sanctified. They were made holy. They were made the church. They were brought to Christ. And so it is for you, for all of us in the church today, in baptism, the church your mother, the church, conceived and bore you through God's word and the spirit and water. Through this church, the spirit has, through the word, revealed and preached to you the faith, created the faith in you, illuminating and kindling your heart, so that like the 3,000 Jews that Pentecost day, you may now understand, accept, Cling to and persevere in this word. In the church, the Spirit, through the word, brings us the body and blood of Christ where you partake of everlasting life, having the promise of the resurrection as you eat the bread and drink the wine so that you now abide in Christ and Christ now abides in you 
All of this is yours. None of what Christ died to win for you and to give to you is concealed or buried from you. For our Lord is now sitting at the right hand of the Father and from there pours out the Spirit on you. So now, every day, since your baptism in this church, the Spirit daily and richly forgives you all your sins and the sins of all the faithful. So now, every day in the waters of this church, He continues to sanctify you, make you holy, creating you into that image of Christ crucified. And really all that is to say that every day now, He makes you holy by bringing you to Christ every single moment of every single day. And notice, as we close out here, notice how the Spirit works. Especially in this text. The Spirit doesn't work by your emotions. If it worked by the disciples' emotions on Pentecost Day being full of fear and sorrow to begin with. They never thought the Holy Spirit would come to them. So the Spirit doesn't work by your emotions, which can betray you. The Spirit doesn't work by excitement, which can be false. When Peter got up to speak, it wasn't just out of excitement. No, no, no. That's not how the Spirit works, not by excitement. Nor by some secret way that we would have to figure out, that we would have to guess how he's working. No, none of that. The disciples that day didn't on Pentecost didn't have to guess how Christ was going to work in their lives. No. The Spirit. He works through the word and sacraments of his church as he has since the day he came down upon the disciples in that rushing wind and in those cloven tongues of fire. So when Peter got up and spoke, he didn't, he didn't speak from emotion. He didn't speak from excitement, although those were all part of it. He spoke by the word. And it was by the word, through the word, that the Spirit worked and brought 3,000 to faith that day. It is through the word and sacraments that he brought you into this church. Not emotions, not excitement, not in some secret way that we're not told but the word and sacraments. May we then forever remain in his word and sacraments where Christ promises to always pour out his spirit on us. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed, alleluia. And he has ascended. And he has sent the spirit from the Father. And we, the church, are now his new creation. This is most certainly true. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah.
have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let thy mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. O God, who did teach the hearts of your faithful people by sending to them the light of your Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things, and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the same Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, 
that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Alleluia and renew a right spirit within me. Alleluia. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us, this day also, from all sin and evil, and that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls, and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.
Thank you for joining us on this Feast of the Pentecost in this Matins podcast. We'll be back again next Sunday as we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Trinity as we enter into the summer in the Trinity season. All the hymns this morning come from smallchurchmusic.com, except for the final hymn, which comes from lutherandacoma.com. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.